Hey everyone, just wanted to jump in before the episode and let you know that this is actually part of a three-part series we're working on on Indiana Jones and the Temple of Bad Architecture. Hopefully I will come up with a better name before we release the episode. I also want to take a moment to thank everyone for the likes, subscribes, shares, tweets, all the other ways you've been reaching out to us and letting us know that you've been enjoying our work. It really means a lot, and if you know someone that you think will enjoy showing the small stuff, we really hope you will go ahead and share it with them, because we found the best way to grow our audience is through personal recommendations. And I'm willing to bet, as we do more of these series, they're going to thank you for it. Anyway, just wanted to say thanks again, and we hope you enjoy the episode. On with the show. For those of you listening at home, that ear magic indicates that this is the Avengers Endgame episode of Sweating the Small Stuff, where we have your personal brain trainer, Cameron Boozer-Jamari. Your personal mind fiend, Keon Boozer-Jamari. Your neuronutritionist, Sam. And I happen to be innocent bystander. <laughs> yes, the trifecta, the, the quad factor of the Avengers. Three superheroes and that one guy who just always happens to be there. And dad. Yes. As a quick recap, our incredibly humble and very gracious father has taken the time to step away from his important life doing things that are far more important than this podcast to come and talk to us about structural engineering and Indiana Jones. With that... Would you like to uh, give us a little recap of what we've been talking about so far in the first two? Uh, so far, we have to been to uh, India, I suppose. And before that, we were in South America. And I guess we are now going to Jordan, where there is the they're chasing the chalice where Jesus was uh, drinking out of, or the blood of Jesus <laughs> on it. So. This is how I will describe all Indiana Jones movies from now on. Is Indiana Jones was in, the, was in Peru, and then he went to Egypt, and then he went to India, and now he's back in Jordan going to look for a cup at a Goodwill. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, a quick recap. We have so far talked about Indiana Jones and Raiders of Lost Ark, the entire booby trap session at the beginning. And then we talked about Indiana Jones Temple of Doom and the large round ceiling trap room from the uh, from the middle of that movie. And finally, we have the Last Crusade, where Indy has to go and save his dad from that most sinister of fates, being shot by a Nazi. So, with that in mind, we're ready to jump into our uh, traps. I'm glad that I wasn't shot and you weren't chasing the jealous. Yes, because I would have messed up every part of what's coming next. <laughs> I wouldn't go that far. So Indiana Jones and The Last Crusade, they're the three iconic traps that get in the way of getting to the Holy Grail Cup Room. The first of which is ghosts' circular saws. There's just, for some reason, I guess the Knights Templar, or I don't even remember which faction was after it. That would have been Knights Templars, and this would be around 12th century or maybe... Eight, ninth, between nine and twelfth century. I love how you don't just bring your structural engineering knowledge; you bring your incredible historical knowledge to every single one of these traps and design conversations that we've had so far. Thank you. Oh, you are quite welcome. Bear so, in mind, assuming there was a uh, chalice, mm -hmm. and assuming that happened, it would have been happened after the Crusades left Jerusalem. We are assuming all of these happened. So we have to look at this from historic standpoint mm -hmm. of what year it was. 
and the year would be somewhere around the time that the Crusades were basically pushed out of Jerusalem because at the time they would have had the chalice and so they had to take it with them. However, they did not, the problem is that they did not go east. Indeed, they went west mm -hmm. where the picture shows the location of the event to be in Jordan which is east of Jerusalem, not west of Jerusalem. Oh, so we are already wrong by the measures of history. <laughs> yeah, this is a city in the uh, desert of Jordan that was very successful back in, I don't recall exactly, years, and eventually the water dried out, and these tribes who were called, I can't remember the name of the tribe now, who were very successful in the spice trade, mm -hmm. had to change the route. And when they changed the route, the city became abandoned. You can go visit it now in... Oh, it is Petra. Yeah. And so it is Petra. It is in Jordan. Yeah. And if you look at the Jordan, Jordan is east of Jordan River, not west of Jordan River. So therefore, this would have not been where the crusade had to go. You hear that, Steven Spielberg? Strike one. Now, for what actually happens inside of this ruin hidden somewhere within Petra, we have the first trap. We have spinning circular saws that come out of the wood, the stonework, and only the penitent man will pass. Uh, this would go back to now they took the chalice and now they came. So it would have taken 100 years to build this contraption, <laughs> which wasn't, they didn't have the manpower. They were basically vacating the Holy Land. Yeah. So as such, it wasn't like they have slaves available to build this thing. But let's forget about that and look at the technology of these wheels that they are mm -hmm. turning to kill people first of all in the movie these are a stainless steel yeah there was no stainless steel it of this magnitude steel. not to mention the only thing they had well no there was a steel because that was a steel age and this was the, they had swords and oh they my. had all of those and uh, and persians built the swords that they end up to be with vikings in uh, going to england and uh -huh. so but the problem is building the contraption first yes. and then not only being building a contraption but also having a skill saw technically if you look at the details of it it operates like a skill saw and rotating for carpentry use mm -hmm. so this skill saw had to start rotating at very high velocity and then moving at the same time in order to kill somebody and the way it looks like it, it seems that it has even diamond sharp uh, teeth. Yeah, it's perfect so, clean cuts. And every it time. is so perfect clean cut. So that basically is impossible, if not impractical. All right. So we already got our because I think also what is important is the diameter of the the saws. Yeah, these are oversized diameters. These are more like they today they use them for cutting concrete mm -hmm. in very heavy uh, things, but uh, conditions or requirements of very thick concrete. Yeah, like we basically that hallway we can generously actually conservatively assume it's like what four feet across, five feet across, and this blade is supposed to cover like when the blade pops out, the whole blade isn't coming out. It's just like that quarter of the blade we can see so we're assuming the blade is like 16 feet big which is very impossible and and also 
you cannot immediately get a mechanical let's say this is a machine let's mm-hmm. say they have a steam engine behind it mm-hmm. that is running all times mm-hmm. it's still by the time you trigger the uh, the uh, trap the button yeah. to operate it it's going to be a time lag for mm-hmm. that one to start rotating first and then getting to the speed that it shows on the movie and getting to the position to kill somebody. By then, that guy is already past that location anyway. Exactly. And then I think the other thing that we could have... I think the other thing we could have pointed to was in the Temple of Doom, we mentioned that water power might have been the secret to how the ceiling could actually move up and down because it seemed to power a lot of things in there. But as you pointed out, Petra is a dried-out city. It's assumed that there's not nearly enough flowing water or nearly enough flowing anything to produce the mechanical energy needed to power two 16-foot circular saws. Uh, you would have needed a lot of water because in Europe and everywhere else, even in Middle East, back in Persia, uh, for thousands, at least a couple of thousand years, they had the water mills mm-hmm. where the water turned the mill and caused the uh, to operate and yeah. uh, change the wheat to flour. But Petra was completely dry mm-hmm. at the time they came because the people in Petra were already abandoned that area almost maybe 500 or 1,000 years earlier. So as such, uh, and those pictures that you see, and actually physically if you are in Petra, those were uh, basically a mausoleums to the family's graves. So that was dead people. So. So you're telling me that they went into a mausoleum to build a bunch of traps. That's just some next level being totally mean to people. And secondly, when you go through all of those, you end up to be at a very deep uh, canyon. And having that kind of canyon as big as the Grand Canyon does not exist in the Middle East to the best of my knowledge. All right. Because... That canyon requires the water ongoing for thousands and thousands and thousands of years. Yeah. Or maybe millions, just like Grand Canyon and Mississippi River. Now, the next trap that we want to jump into, which is less creative, I think, but it still speaks to a weird problem that they have there, is um, following the footsteps of God, where they have to basically spell out the Jehovah's alphabet, where, you know, Jehovah starts with an I. That's right. <laughs> And so, yeah, I think this trap, first of all, I feel like this trap only works once. It seems so impractical because if you step on the wrong spot, the floor gives way, right? The floor gives away and it's done. Then you have a hole. Yeah. And it's not going to come back. Exactly. So, like, I I would just send enough guys until (coughs) I figured out where all the knot holes were and would just walk through. That would be an option. But here's here's what's weird about it. As, (coughs) As we just pointed out, like... These guys are on their way out of Jerusalem trying to hide this chalice. These guys now have to build a gigantic pit underground inside of a giant stone canyon. Bear in mind, there are three people only. Yeah, it's just And the they three don't brothers. have the slaves because they were the only ones who knew where it was. Exactly. And they came out of the desert. That mm-hmm. was the second thing. So as such, let's assume they ran to desert. Let's assume they got to this place. But this place was basically an abandoned city yeah. that was abandoned for a thousand years. It didn't have any kind of 
contraptions on it mm -hmm. because it was not intended for somebody to hide anything or keeping anything so valuable. So they had to build. I backing up to my thoughts. Let's assume for a moment they just stumbled over this place. Yeah, they did not make it. Yeah, some other people made it to protect their own mummies, like yeah. the Egyptians. Yeah. So if they did, these guys were not as smart as Indiana Jones with their <laughs> weapons and everything. They would have been stuck on those traps and got killed instead of managing to go all these several steps, which are extremely complicated, very unlikely, to first of all, go get the chalice to this place where mm -hmm. they put one. And then one guy stays there. He still needs to eat, yeah. even though he can live forever till eternity, but he still has to live. So as such, and he has to poo. So there's no toilets, there's no food. <laughs> and now these two others go back to uh, Venice, apparently, where they die. And then uh, the other guy is still alive. So how, is, how he can be alive is another thing, but mysterious. And I think that is a fortunate jump to our last one of the uh, holy traps, which was a holy man would faith to trust in the Lord and commit to the leap of faith. That's the one where Indiana Jones, who stands on the lion's head and he just takes a step and he's supposed to fall into a chasm, but instead he's on the world's most perfect optical illusion. That, that was another incredible thing. Uh, first of all, Let's assume you have a trans translucent, a translucent shield, shield, yeah, and and you can run it from point A to point B, yeah, which is all doable, mm -hmm. except the fact that that would have some sort of deflection. Mm -hmm. So by the time you get to middle of it, you're already thirty foot down. So you are going to have to now <laughs> climb up to get to the location because every every kind of design of a platform that mm -hmm. is like 50 feet or 60 feet, let's assume 80 feet uh, long. Bear in mind, this is a very, very narrow, but very, very deep canyon, yeah. which is impractical. Unless there was ge geological event, mm -hmm. that would not happen. Secondly, this is in desert. Mm -hmm. In desert, you have sandstorm. Sandstones, if they crush, still they would not be, after a thousand years, left so perfectly like granite, which there is no granite there, to the best of what I know. And that's, that's, so, a, great, that's a great point to make, because in the last two episodes, we talked about how Indy is in Peru or wherever in South America, and then he's also in the Fertile Crescent in India somewhere. And in both those places, we have very solid stone to work with. That won't crumble. This is all sandstone. We're in the middle of the desert. There's no logical reason anything here has that sort of structural just like glue to keep itself together. As a matter of fact, if you look at the Petra, there was a NPR episode of mm -hmm. how they made these structures. Mm -hmm. And the way they made the structures was not building from bottom up. They built from they physically cut them from top down and took away the debris mm -hmm. in order to make those structures. And so as such, uh, this is a very soft stone. Yeah. This is not something that can weather very well with the rain and with the storm and the wind and so on and so forth. So as such, there is at least based on Petra, there is no granite that you can have that kind of cliffs 
on it and that kind of uh, what you may call it just sheer uh, angle uh, sheer angles yeah. and then think of the translucent platform that mm -hmm. can basically deceive you that it does not exist and then it is only your wisdom or your uh, myth that can make you go through it so also i feel bad for the guy who does that trap once and is like well now i know it's everywhere and the number of times she's gonna fall off cliffs from that moment on that's true too i think this also points out one more thing which is you know it rains in the desert when rain comes down i imagine that would destroy all those traps as a matter of fact you are right because a few years ago there was a uh quick stone uh quick Quicksand? Sa no quick rain Mm -hmm. uh, what you call a it flood. flash flash flood which called which caused several tourists die in petras itself when they were there to visit if i recall correctly and so that's like that's the point it's like you would have flooding of water in but then water also seeps through sandstone itself it would just get all up in there and slowly erode any underground structures so yeah i think there's certainly a lot of stuff that makes these as a matter of fact when you think about it the i can't remember the name of these people who lived in petra because they they had means to basically harness the water of the rain by creating dams and having channels made for the water to be brought into the city from the reservoirs that they built on the hills and the people of petra for your record is the nabataeans nabataeans that's what i uh, was looking for well i think this has been a perfect cap on the indiana jones trilogy thanks dad so much for coming on this show and just talking to us about all sorts of crazy stuff that i imagine is well below your pay grade i thank you so much and i enjoyed being here especially how often you get the opportunity to talk to your son about something interesting all right, and uh, so anyone who wants to find out more about Selling the Small Stuff, you can subscribe on anywhere you get podcasts. And if you made it this far, we really hope you'll check out the previous two episodes if you haven't already and share them with your friends because, man, when my dad gets going on a subject, it is just an eye-opening experience. Anyway, if you want to find us on social media and let us know how you're liking the show, at Small Stuff Show. If you want to leave feedback on this episode, go to our Small Stuff Show and leave a feedback on the post. And I've been your personal brain trainer, Camera Boozer Jamari reminding you from movies to media to the world around us, it's details like these that make it worth sweating the small stuff. That's fine.